Coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. You are not helpless. You have the favor of the God of heaven. And if you'll come together in agreement and pray with another believer, incredible things are possible for you. You gotta pray. You gotta speak to the mountain. We don't lay, we're not, we're not overcome, we're overcomers. We don't lay down and cry. We don't take our toys and go back home. And we're not gonna go around. We're gonna go through the mountain into the promised land. And no evil devil's gonna keep us out. Jesus says, Luke 10, 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. That's the word exousia. It means the right to rule. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this is not the 12 apostles now, because there are some people believe only the 12 apostles had this kind of authority. These are 70. It's the 12 plus just followers of Jesus, like you and me. And they go out and they're ministering, and they notice that even the, de the demons are subject to them. And so they come back and they say, Lord, even the demons are subject, subject to us. And he says, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions, listen, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Listen, when you use the authority that God has given you, the devil can't touch you. That's what Jesus is saying here. I give you authority over that devil. Listen, and when you use it, he by no means can harm you if you use the authority. This is Matthew 18 now. Again, where Jesus is telling us about our authority. Matthew 18, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, the word bind means to disallow. And the word loose means to allow. And what God is saying is this. Whatever, whatever you disallow, I'll respect that. Whatever you allow, I'll respect that. Let me say this. If you're an adult and you go home today, everything in your home, you allow. Anything that's not in your home, you disallow. You have a mind gate, an ear gate, an eye gate, a mouth gate, a skin gate. There's all kinds of gates into our lives. And anything that comes into our lives, we allow. We are the gatekeepers of our lives. If you're a parent, whatever comes into your child's life, you allow. You're the gatekeeper of that child. And what Jesus is saying is, if you want to keep something bad from coming into your life, I will respect that, and you have the authority to keep that from happening. If an evil devil is trying to do something to you, you can bind him over your children, you can bind him over your life, you can bind him over your marriage, you have the authority to bind and loose. But if you loose it, it's loose. You want, if you want to allow it, I'll respect that too. And so whatever you bind on earth, I'll respect it in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll respect it in heaven. He says, now where two on earth come together in agreement, I'll grant it. Now, so why does Jesus make us a special promise when we come together in agreement with somebody else? Because God doesn't want us to be lone rangers. He doesn't want us by ourselves. And this is a promise to any married couple 
that when you come together and you pray a prayer of agreement, that God's going to honor that prayer because you have the authority to pray. And I'll tell you a story in just a minute, a phenomenal story about how you can pray with another person and see incredible results. So I'm just saying there is an evil devil on the earth, that's what the Bible says, but we've been given authority over him. So, so let's talk about practically, because I want this to be very practical, practically how to use authority to, to do what God tells you to do and to keep the devil from keeping you from it. So we'll use, look at several things. Number one, spiritual authority must be exercised under authority. So practically, if I'm gonna exercise authority in the spirit realm, I've gotta be under authority. This is James chapter four, and here's what James says. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. But he begins here by saying, Submit to God, then resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Listen to me. In the kingdom of God, you only have as much authority as you're under. The, the devil's a rebel. When you're in rebellion, you have a kindred spirit with the devil. When you're in sin, trying to cast the results off of sin. See, sometimes we may be in rebellion to God and something bad happens, and we try to pray it away or take authority over it. You can't kick the devil off of his own property. And sin is his property. But when we come and we submit to God, then we have the authority to resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But let me make another very important point, and that is spiritual authority doesn't focus on the devil, it focuses on God. We don't want to be the kind of people that go around all the time talking about the devil or focusing on the devil. I had a, a friend who uh, ran, a, he's a television producer today, but years ago he ran a camera. And he would go to these big Christian events and, and run his camera. And so one time he was running a camera at the back of this auditorium and this speaker was up speaking and there was a woman under his camera and he noticed that she kept falling asleep that during the, the message of the preacher. And don't you dare fall asleep while I'm preaching. <laughs> but she, she kept falling asleep under his camera and he, he noticed her head nodding and every time she woke up, she went, get off me, sleep demon. I think she was just sleepy. I don't, I don't think we ought to blame that one on the devil. But we don't want to be the kind of people that go around focusing on the devil all the time. But here's, here's Psalm 149. Listen to what it says about praise. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints, praise the Lord. We say, so praise is vengeance on the devil. You say, well, why in the world is praise vengeance on the devil? Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 tell us that the devil was Lucifer and he was the worship leader in heaven and he had musical instruments built into his body. And he led worship in the presence of God. And one day he decided that he didn't want to worship God anymore. He wanted to be worshiped. And so he took God's worship and drew it into himself. And God cast him out of heaven for that. Understand this. What Satan wants is God's worship. And every time you praise Jesus, you're bringing vengeance upon the devil. 
You're giving him the opposite of what he's looking for. When he tries to make our life dark, we begin to praise God. When he attacks us, we don't focus on him. We focus on our God because we have authority over the devil when we come under God's authority and focus on God. So that's number one. Number two, his spiritual authority is exercised through faith in God's word. It's all about the word of God. This is Ephesians 6. This is the most graphic scripture in the Bible about spiritual warfare. This is where we're told, this is where the drapes are pulled back, and we are shown exactly what's happening in the spirit realm in our lives. This is Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rooters of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. The only offensive weapon that we're given, according to Paul here, is the word of God, which is called the sword of the spirit. Now, this is nuclear in the spirit realm. The word of God is nuclear. Jesus, in Matthew chapter four, fought the devil himself. After 40 days without food in the wilderness, the devil himself attacked Jesus. Now, imagine how weak you would be after 40 days without food. And the devil comes to Jesus with lies and half-truths, and Jesus speaks three scriptures. Every time the devil comes against him, he says, it is written, it is written, it is written. He quotes three scriptures and defeats the devil himself. If Jesus Christ defeated the devil with the word of God, who do we think we are that we're gonna do it in a different way? We have to have the word of God in our hearts, in our mouths. We have to be prepared with the word of God. But it, but it says that the word of God, we'll read another scripture here, and this is from Hebrews chapter four. But Hebrews chapter four says, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There it is again, the word is a sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So understand this, how do you know the devil is working in your life? Because something doesn't work, line up with the word of God. There, there's something anti-word in your life. Let's go back to, to the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve have been given authority by God to subjugate by force everything on the earth. And the devil crawls into the Garden of Eden to deceive them and to destroy them. And here were the first words that the devil ever spoke to a human being. Has God surely said the first thing he does is question the word of God. Now, why would the devil question the word of God in our lives? Because before he can defeat you, he has to disarm you. This is the sword of the spirit. This is nuclear. You cannot imagine how powerful one scripture is to vanquish evil. Through three scriptures, Jesus defeated the devil himself this is living and powerful. You read other books, this book reads you. These words are alive. When they come into your life, it is a two-edged sword. 
One edge heals you, the other edge slays the enemies of your life. And it says there's no creature hidden from his sight. The devil can't hide from this right here. It exposes him and defeats him. And I'm saying all spiritual warfare, every time we come against the devil, we come against him based on the word of God. And listen, when you see negativity, when you see depression, when you see sickness, when you see all of these things, you know it's of the devil because it doesn't line up with the word of God. God is always about restoration and bringing hope when things seem hopeless. Regardless of your mistakes, the Lord's desire is to restore your life into His plan and purpose. In this powerful series, The God of Restoration, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to break free from sin and restore the brokenness in your life. There is no condemnation because it's not about us, it's about how great Jesus is. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount, and we'll send you the gift of favor as an audio download. Receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on CD or audio download, and Jimmy Evans' book, I Changed My Mind, for your gift of $50 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on DVD or video download, and the book, I Changed My Mind. When you've overcome the past and are living in God's blessing, you'll experience breakthrough, favor, and fulfillment. Spiritual authority is exercised through a simple prayer of faith. It's just, it's not complicated. Anyone can do it. This is Mark 11. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus says, um, speak to the mountain. If there's a mountain in your way, speak to the mountain, command it to be cast into the heart of the sea, and it will obey you if you pray in faith. Now, a mountain represents something the devil has placed in our life to keep us from God's will. Okay, now listen, we're overcomers. We don't lay down at the foot of the mountain and cry. We don't go back home, and we don't go around the mountain. We're going to go through the mountain. We're overcomers. Jesus has given us the ability to overcome, but we have to speak. We have to pray, and we have to articulate what it is that we're coming against. So let me get, tell you a couple of stories, and I'm done. Uh, one of my friends uh, owned a uh, very large business, and uh, this business sold for a lot of money to a, to a uh, New York Stock Exchange company. But he owned it with his dad, and he was in business with his dad. And the business grew very large. The problem was his dad was a very, very bad man, and I'm going to even use the word evil. Is the, he was just an evil guy, just horrible, horrible guy. Now, this is a dear friend of mine that I've known for many, many years, and his father is, is dead now. He tried to talk to his father on his deathbed about the Lord, and his father refused. But his dad was just a very, very bad guy. Well, the problem was his father, he was in business with his father, this very large business, and his father hated his daughter-in-law, my friend's wife. His father hated my friend's wife. And my friend knew if anything happened to him that his father was going to be in business with his wife and just devour her. I mean, she wouldn't stand a chance with his father. And it was very, very uh, worrying to my friend and his wife. Well, one day they decided they weren't going to worry anymore. They were going to pray. And so remember where Jesus said, if two on earth agree 
It's touching anything they would ask, I'll do it. So my friend and his wife came together. They held hands and they prayed this prayer. They said, Father, in the name of Jesus, sovereignly remove him from the business. Sovereignly get him out of the business so that we don't have this hanging over our heads. So the father called the son, my friend. The father called my friend one day and he said, um, I want to sell a business to you. And my friend, of course, was overjoyed. They knew his answer to prayer. Simple conversation. They arrived at a price. Two or three weeks later, the business was sold. They signed all the papers. The money transacted. Great. And they were just rejoicing that he got out of the business. The day after it closed, the day after they signed the papers and the money exchanged hands, the father called my friend and said, what did you just do to me? He said, what are you talking about, Dad? He said, I didn't want to sell you that business. What did you do to me? I want that business back. He said, well, Dad, you, you called me and you told me you wanted to sell. I did not. Why? What happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. My friend and his wife came together and they prayed a prayer of faith. And they said, God of heaven that we have favor with. We have a circumstance that we can't change, but you can change it. And our God in heaven that we have favor with, he reached down, he subdued the evil spirit over this man, turned his heart, because the Bible says the heart of the king is like channels of water in the hand of God. And it means God can reach down and change any heart he wants to change for his own purposes. Somebody say amen. My friend, rather than worrying, they prayed to the God of heaven and they prayed the prayer of agreement. Lord, sovereignly get him out. The Lord changed his heart against his will. Doesn't matter. He changed his heart, subdued the evil spirit that was controlling him. The day after the transaction happened, he calls up. It's, he woke up. What did I just do? You got to love that story. You just got to love that. You are not helpless. You are not helpless. You have the favor of the God of heaven. And if you'll come together in agreement and pray with another believer, incredible things are possible for you. You got to pray. You got to speak to the mountain. We don't lay, we're not, we're not overcome. We're overcomers. We don't lay down and cry. We don't take our toys and go back home. And we're not going to go around. We're going to go through the mountain into the promised land. And no evil devil's going to keep us out. Karen and I were members of the church here before I was the pastor, and um, we were fighting one day, and we were, I, I, I think that we may have had a life group at that time, I can't remember. We just started fighting. We, we just, you know, it was just four or five days went by, and, and we were just fighting, 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 I, and I know it was Karen's fault. I can't remember what the, <laughs> and don't tell her I said that, but we just fought, we were just fighting. I, so Karen, like on Tuesday night, we were a member of a Bible study, Bob and Sarah Key's Bible study that changed our lives. And uh, Karen came up to me and she said, well, let's, let's go to Bob and Sarah's. Let's, let's go to the Bible study tonight. And I said, no. And the only reason I said no was just to irritate her. I knew it would irritate her if I didn't go. And so I, just, I was just being a brat. So Karen goes to Bible study and I stay home. And so, you know, two or three hours go by and she comes back. And she walks in the door, and she walked in very, very humbly. She walks in the door and walks over to me and says, I need, I need to say something to you. And I thought, well, thank God she's going to apologize finally. <laughs> the Lord must have touched her heart at Bible study. 
Listen to this one. So she walks in and she says, Sarah, who just, she's in heaven now, but just such a beautiful, precious saint of God. She said, Sarah, the Lord put us on Sarah's heart all week. And when I got the Bible study, uh, Sarah said she'd been praying for us. And she said, I saw a lion's head in your living room roaring and it's trying to split you and Jimmy up. And when you go home, because Karen, Karen always tattles on me, you know, it's like taking a five-year-old to the grocery store. They're going to say everything going on, you know. Karen always tattles on me. So she went to Bible study, told everybody, yeah, he's not here, we're fighting. So, you know, how that is. Sarah said, you go home. And you and Jimmy pray, and you bind the devil over your marriage and over your home. Now, I had never done that. I just thought that was the weirdest thing in the world. It made, it made me nervous when people did that. I didn't believe in it. And, and I had never prayed with Karen up until that point. If, I, I can't remember ever praying with her up to that point. So Karen comes in the living room, and she said, uh, I need to tell you something. And I said, what? And she told me what Sarah said. And she said, Jimmy, we need to, we need to pray. Because the devil's trying to split us up. Now, let me say this. Why would the devil want to split Jimmy and Karen Evans up? Why would he want to end our marriage? I don't know how much the devil knows, but maybe he knows something about our destiny. Maybe he attacks, he attacks us in the very area that he knows God's going to use us. I don't know, but here's what I do know. I got up and I held Karen's hand and I had never prayed. No, I'm, this is a simple thing. That's what I'm saying. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I got up. I was very ignorant and immature. I got up. I held Karen's hand and I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind Satan over our marriage and family and our home. Instantly. It was like someone opened the drapes and sprayed Lysol. The lights came on. Everything changed. And I looked at Karen and I thought, now why am I mad at you? I, I couldn't even remember why we were fighting. And I started chasing around the house. I mean, it's just... It, <laughs> but just a simple prayer. Listen, open your mouth and pray to the God of heaven. Don't you sit there discouraged. Don't you sit there defeated. You're a child of the Most High God. You're building in enemy territory. You're building your marriage in enemy territory. You're building your business in enemy territory. You're raising children in enemy territory. You put a brick in hand, in this hand, and a sword in this hand, and you go after the devil. You can do anything you want to do. Somebody say amen. The book of Nehemiah is such a powerful story, and it's specific to Israel and what Israel had done in rebelling against God for, for many years being taken to Babylon into captivity. But then they go back. They, they return back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And what happens is they're under siege. They have enemies. Sanballat, Tobiah, all their enemies begin to attack them. And literally, they have to build the wall with a brick in one hand and a sword in the other. And that, that really is our lives. We live in a, in a world under siege by the devil. Uh, Ephesians 6 says that we don't wrestle against flesh and, flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, spiritual authorities in high places. In other words, if we 
our eyes were open and we could see into the invisible realm, there is a realm of the demonic. One of the things that Jesus did most often in his ministry was cast out demons. He did it a lot. He would heal, but he would cast out demons. He went to one man, the, the uh, gathering demoniac, and he asked the demons, what is your name? They said, our name is Legion. That means 6,000. They called Jesus Beelzebub, the demon master, Lord of the flies is what that word means. In other words, they said, you cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. You're Lord of the flies. Well, obviously, he's not Lord of the flies. He's Lord Jesus Christ, the only true God. The point being, there is a realm of the demonic. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. We've been given authority over it. Jesus said in Luke 10, I give you authority over serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. You know, if you really listen to that, that is just absolutely fantastic. And what it means is every believer, every believer, our birthright is victory. If you're building a marriage, if you're building a family, if you're building a ministry or a business, you're building an enemy territory. And you better get one a brick in one hand, but you better put a sword in this hand. In other words, we don't have to fear the devil, but we certainly need to be aware that he's there. And through a simple prayer of faith, we can bind, we can loose, and we can take authority over him under the authority of Christ now. You can't be sitting you know, in a casino casting out a spirit of greed. But we can take authority over every demon spirit that comes against us. That's the good news. We have authority, and if we just use it, we can live our lives free. We'll see you next time. God is always about restoration and bringing hope when things seem hopeless. Regardless of your mistakes, the Lord's desire is to restore your life into His plan and purpose. In this powerful series, The God of Restoration, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to break free from sin and restore the brokenness in your life. There is no condemnation because it's not about us, it's about how great Jesus is. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount and we'll send you the gift of favor as an audio download. Receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on CD or audio download and Jimmy Evans' book, I Changed My Mind, for your gift of $50 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on DVD or video download and the book, I Changed My Mind. When you've overcome the past and are living in God's blessing, you'll experience breakthrough, favor, and fulfillment. What if you could change your life in just three weeks? We believe you can. The 21-day Total Freedom Journey is your personal path to becoming the person God made you to be, free from the pain of your past, the bondage of sin, and the tyranny of toxic thoughts. This unique online program guides you through 21 daily plans using over six hours of video teaching from Jimmy Evans and a downloadable journal for daily personal application exercises. God really just opened my eyes and just worked in some places that I didn't even know I needed Him to work in. It showed me what a bondage was, and I knew that my food addiction was not, I thought it was physical, but it wasn't. After the 21-day Total Freedom Journey, follow up with 21-day Inner Healing Journey. Designed in a similar format, this teaching app and journal will help transform your heart, mind, and spirit. You are three weeks away from freedom and a transformed life. Visit 21dayjourney.com. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series, The God of Restoration. 
Start the path to becoming the person God made you to be with the 21-Day Total Freedom Journey. With 21 daily plans and video teachings from Jimmy Evans, this app will help transform your heart, mind, and spirit. Visit 21dayjourney.com. Experience the EXO Tour at a city near you. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com slash tour. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.